You're listening to the Zinger Nation Power Hour, where we give you the rundown on the hottest trades and stock ideas. For the best experience and most up-to-date information, tune in live on the Benzinga YouTube channel weekdays at noon. Thanks, and enjoy the show. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. We are back at it, as always. Coming to you from beautiful Detroit, Michigan. It's a little overcast today, but it's still beautiful. It's our hometown. We love it. Uh, what's up, everybody? Happy to have you guys back with us. This is the part, the favorite part of my day. I think it's the favorite part of Jason's day. Jason is back from the dentist, so so so, so we're gonna have him uh, coming from Detroit. Oh, no. I I heard him. I heard him. My life. There no. you are. Yeah, I, I I liked your dance in the beginning, but it ended so quickly. So I think it's because we're behind schedule. So um, you know, and that's it. So. Now, Aaron Bry is texting me during the show, so let's see what he's texting me. It's, it must be urgent. Uh, so, call me after Power Hour. Got an update in podcast. So, it means up on Wednesday, another cool podcast company that does some. Okay, so, you guys, we will get into podcasts. If you can help us, let us know. Aaron Bry is trying to help us, but I don't know. That's the beginning. I'm getting texts during the show. Aaron's a producer on the show. You know, he shouldn't be texting me during the show, Luke, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's multitasking. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, fine. All right. Well, it was a long trip to the dentist. I'm back. My teeth are here, and I'm back from Florida, from Miami. Um, Jason, we were and... speculating you'd come back with gold teeth. Uh, I, I, I think you failed us. So, so you better have yeah. some stock picks this week to make up for that. Oh, yeah. I, I traded a lot last week, and I said I, I gave some of my picks in the th- in there. Um, I bought a bunch of pen last week, as I told you, Luke. Um, I did one of those things where I did a finger mistake where I added another zero and I look at my pen stock and I'm up a bunch of money today. And I was like, what the heck? It's only up like four bucks. And it's cause I bought my biggest share of stock in my entire life uh, in one trade. And it showed me like nothing went wrong. It was like, I went on huge on margin, but it showed me on some of my trades, if I would have bought my Tesla's or whoever like that, like that, I mean, I bought a lot of pen, a lot. And I, I saw, I sold a little bit this morning, um, just a little. It's at 99, so I sold some at 98, and I kept the big thing, so it's up uh, 7%. Um, I don't know how many likes we have, so I'll, I'll message Portnoy if we have a decent amount to see if he'll come on and talk about Penn almost saying $100, but I, well, we only have 120 people watching right now. So we, I don't even know if we're on Twitter, but guys, slam that like button. If we can get to like 250, then I'll message him about uh, coming on the show right now. So slam that like button, subscribe to the channel, and Luke, give me a give me a drum roll. There it is. We we hit over forty thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. Finally. Woo! All right, all right. You know, I think I think that you know all of us that are that are by ourselves watching, it's a little bit weird to to clap when you're by yourself. But but I think this is a need for celebration. When we started this just a couple of months ago, we were at somewhere around fifteen thousand. We're up to forty thousand strong in Zinger Nation out there. We are here together. Every single day, we're, we're in the morning, the middle of the day, at the close, to, to try to make some money together. I, I, I love Zinger Nation, and I love that we're up to 40K with this group. Yeah, and so, and then what, And then back to a couple of things. We, we have a new segment on the show today. Today we're doing Are You Smarter Than a Third Grader, where producer Rohan or Brohan are going to ask me and Luke questions, and we'll bring in some of you guys. They're gonna, are You Smarter Than a Third Grader segment? It's going to be about two minutes. Additionally... Um, I, well, we don't need to celebrate this yet, but GAN, I know a lot of you guys followed me in GAN at, um, what price do we get in about $17, $18, 
Today we're up another dollar because of New York is, you know, uh, the, whatever his name is, um, Governor, uh, what's his name, Como, is saying that some of the shortfall of the $13 billion budget deficit will be mobile gaming and cannabis legalization. So with that being said, you're seeing a big spike in Penn. Uh, my call options, I own the January, January 85 calls. They're up 51% today for up a total whopping thing that if you guys followed me in of 600% on my call options in Penn. Now, I wish I would have had that finger problem, Luke, because I bought $1,100 of those call options. And if that would have been 11,000, now we're talking. So, but it's, it's okay, you, you can't complain. And then there's um, some other stocks that we picked up last week that are really moving today. So, I mean, DraftKings is moving. Uh, another um, a SPAC play is moving. The SPAC that I'm talking about right now that I'm seeing a decent move on it is, where is I just saw it on my screen. GHIV is up 3.23%, bought it about 10.30. That's the Gore SPAC. Um, it's up a total of like 9% since we bought it. And Luke, I have to commend you, Luke. I gave you some shit um, last week. And I'm going to commend you because I said, Luke, the picks that you've given me, I was down on. But I'm not down on them. I don't see red on my screen. Ford I'm up on. And the other one I told you that you gave me that I was down on, I'm like up a decent amount. What was the other yeah, one? Yeah, so, 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 so I, I think I gave you three last week that you got into. All green on the week. We, we had PayPal. That, that was my crypto play. It was lagging the, the Bitcoin bull yep. run. Finally, we got to move out of PayPal. Uh, Ford back up above nine, up again today. Uh, and then PSTH, that's Pershing Square, that's had it. a nice rally. That's it. Pershing Square, Luke. I was giving you a lot of shit on Pershing Square. And what I'm seeing on Pershing Square now, and I, when I was giving you shit, I should have shut up and bought more shares because I was down on Pershing Square about 7% or 9%. You know, believe it in Luke on this one, I sold half my position. So I have a half position on it now, and I'm up 9%. I had like a 12% or 13% turnaround. If I would have just shut up and not yelled at Luke about it, not yelled, but just give him some shit, and I would have bought more shares, then we'd have been really happy. But that's the story. All right, there we go. And, okay, and, I got and Jason, I, 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 I've got some recent trades to update you on. Should, should, should we hit them? Um, sure. Sure, go ahead. Let's do it. All right. First things first. Let, let, let's talk about the elephant in the room today. That's right. It's Twitter. Twitter, of course, causing some major controversy over the weekend. Uh, if you like President Trump, put one. Nope, we're not going to do that. We're not going there. We're just going to talk about the stock. Um, uh, but but basically, uh, uh, Twitter, I traded both ways this morning. I've, I've got the live brokerage account up on the screen. Let me throw you guys some zooms. Um, so, so, so check this out. Uh, I, I hit Twitter with puts on the open, right? B basically what I was looking for is I was looking for the stock to, to be at its pre-market low at the open. It was, it had some of that negative momentum. Uh, so, so I bought puts in it, flipped them within a handful of minutes and, and had a really nice run there. And then we, we played it the other way. We, we now have the Twitter calls, up up 117% on these things since we bought them. We 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 bought the Twitter calls and the stock was somewhere around 4550. Uh you know the the idea was that I I think the stock is going to get close to to where it it opened or we're sorry where it closed Friday today. It, it's keeps going. It's at its high of the day. Let's go air horns for Twitter. <laughs> 
And, and, and so the position that I'm holding right now, again, this is one that I put on around 9.50 this morning. Uh, I, I've got the calls that are expiring this week. They're super short dated. Uh, I've got the $48 strikes. Um, and again, we're, we're up 118% since we put that position on uh, just a couple of hours ago. So, so keep going, Twitter. Nice, nice little air horns there. Ba basically, what I'm going to be watching for uh, is is to see this momentum keep going. If it's a slow grind throughout the day, then, then that's great. That that's what I'm I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking for. If we see some of this momentum start to crack, or we start to get some news reports that there may be uh, uh, actions against the company from the president, which you never know is is absolutely a risk. That's when we'll be looking to exit the position. Uh, again, that these calls expire in four days. Um, so so I. I I don't want to hold them for too long. I, I generally hate short dated options. Um, but but right now the the trend is our friend. Momentum keeps rising, and so I am sitting tight with, with this this Twitter long position. So th thoughts on that one, Jason? So still hanging out on Twitter long, and let me throw this one out to the chat too. If you if you guys had to buy or short Twitter right here, the stock's at forty nine bucks on the dot. Uh, put put a one in the chat if you like it. Put 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 a two if you don't like the stock, Jason. A, opinion on Twitter. Long term, it's probably a good it's pro, it's a good one for sure. It's it's a good one. There's no question about it. I mean, think about what what's happened. Trump can't tweet from it. It's it's moved the communication vehicle. I mean, for so many people, it is the communication vehicle. I just DM'd a guy that I want to join us. Um, we've hired. Uh, I think we're about ninety to one hundred people right now. Our last five hires have come directly from people DMing me on Twitter. Um, I actually am thinking of stopping all job ads for Benzinga and just hiring through passionate people through Twitter. So I'm a long-term believer in Twitter. I think Twitter should introduce a recruiting platform. They should introduce way more tools for people like me who are heavy users. I would pay a subscription to Twitter. So I think Twitter has a lot ahead of it. I think it's difficult that Jack Dorsey is both CEO of Square and Twitter. Um, I think there needs to be some other visionary CEO on it. Um, but your call trade on the dip was definitely, you had balls to do that. You really did. <laughs> and, and, and I flipped it, right? So, so, so I hit it short on the open and, and then saw that, that bounce start to come in and, and flipped it long. So, so we'll see. And the chat hates this thing. We, we've got way more twos than, than ones. People not liking the stock right now, which I actually like. That, that, that gives me a little bit more hope that, you know, if not everybody's in the story yet, there, there may still be a little bit of room to run there. Oh, I gave the wrong link. Guys, ignore my link I just put in Twitter, in uh, the chat. My bad. I don't know what I'm doing here. What am I doing? All right, Jason, Sorry, let, let, let me give you a, a couple other updates, trades that I made last week. Um, and, and bear with me for a second, guys. It may take me a second to find them. Wow, I own so many stocks right now. You guys can see this full portfolio that I'm scrolling through. All right, let, let's start off with, with SPY. Uh, I, I went short SPY, that, that's the S&P 500 ETF, on Friday. Um, and, and I'm still not way long. Basically, the, the thesis with, with, with buying puts on SPY, that's how I went shorted. I bought the, the 360 strike February puts. Um, uh, on the ETF was I, I think that we're running out of catalysts. You know, I, I'm I'm a big proponent of of buy the rumor, sell the news. That's basically the idea that 
You know, when, when something is coming together, that, that's when you should get into the stock. And then when the company actually officially announces it, that's when it's time to get out. I think that we're running out of catalysts on this market. I, I, I think really the last major catalyst that, that it has left are, are bigger stimulus checks or a bigger stimulus package in general. Uh, I, I think once that gets through, which I would expect to happen pretty shortly after Biden takes office, that could be the high in the spy. So, so I'm still not way long. I still want the market to go off. The market goes up. I make more money, uh, but I am starting to hedge myself. This is the first time that I've done any sort of bearish action um, in the general market since April. Um, but, but throwing that one out there for you. Uh, two other ones. I, I went synthetically long Alibaba and Palantir. And I did that by selling puts, and, and I always get questions about this, so let me just take a, a second to explain uh, what, what the advantage of selling puts are. So, so I think this is a great strategy to use when you are okay buying a stock, but not at its current price. Because when you sell a put, you're, you're basically guaranteeing that, that you're going to buy a stock at whatever strike price you sell the put for. On, on the, the instant that you sell that put, you, you take cash right away. So, so if you're selling a, a $10 strike put for a dollar, you, you, you take that dollar right away and you're basically saying, I promise that I will buy this stock for $10 at, at some time in the future. And so I did this on two stocks last week. I did it on Alibaba and I also did it on Palantir. Uh, the, these are two, you know, hot stocks right now. Baba, of course, experiencing a big sell-off. Palantir going through a, a, a ton of volatility. Um, I'm okay buying and, and holding both of these stocks for the long term, uh, uh, you know, below where they're trading at right now. The, the strike prices that I chose are about 20% below where the stocks are currently trading. So, so if we do continue to see a sell-off, I will take ownership of those stocks. Again, the, the, I'm okay building a long-term position in those stocks. Um, if they continue to rally, that's great. I collect a couple thousand dollars of cash right away and get to keep reinvesting that into something else. So, so again, Jason, the, the sort of the, the four positions that I put on recently, I've got the Twitter long that just went on today. It's a very short-term one. I bought the spy puts, so, so hedging myself a little bit, and then I went long both Palantir and Baba. Of, wait, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Why? There you go. What the hell? On your, spy, on your spy puts, what kind of position do you put on that? Like, so say, say you're long for a million dollars. Say your portfolio is long a million. What would you do on your spy puts? Because I, I don't have a good hedge in place right now. I'm very long. I sold some stuff today, and we'll go through that in a minute. But what kind of hedge are you doing? Is it, are you doing 10%? I mean, puts, there's so much more leverage. Why not just short the spy, or is it not enough? You don't want to put that much on because it's it's really cheap to do it to it was really cheap to do it with those puts so 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 if you look at the the strike price here uh, you know for four dollars and seventy eight cents that's four hundred and seventy eight bucks so so for four hundred and seventy eight dollars I hedged away about twenty percent of my total portfolio risk um, and and so uh, you know the the margin requirement I mean is four hundred and seventy eight dollars you hedged twenty percent that can't be that can't be possible. Yeah, think think about it. Because it's it's a hundred shares of, of spy at three hundred and sixty strike. So so, I mean, if you do the math, three sixty times a hundred, right? That's thirty six thousand dollars worth of hedge that I have for for four hundred and seventy eight dollars. The the only way that I'm I'm making money and this hedge is paying off is if spy goes below three hundred and sixty bucks between now and the end of February. Um, 
which you know we we don't know if it's going to happen or not but but like i said i think i think that the catalyst the market catalysts are starting to run out i think that stimulus deal may be the last deal left uh, or or the last piece left um and so that's why i went ahead and did it so so it's it's super inexpensive to do that said i've wasted a ton of money thousands and thousands of dollars over the years buying puts to hedge myself on on you know that that hedges that are never needed um but but if you're feeling like you're way too long, the buying the puts on spy is a really cheap way to do it. I think I should do it. Yeah. So so like let's let's say you wanted to hedge away, I don't know, uh, two hundred thousand dollars of of risk. You know, divided by the thirty six thousand. So so you basically would be buying five contracts at, at five hundred bucks a piece. So it'd be twenty five hundred bucks to to hedge away about two hundred grand of risk. I okay. So can I do it right now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let, so let's do two contracts. All right. So two contracts. That, so uh, are you going to do that, that three hundred and sixty dollars strike like I did? What month? I'm doing the spy. Okay, let's go. I should share my screen for everyone, but so I click on options for spy. Yep. Or let me share my screen. Hold on. They probably want to see that, right? Yep. Let's see it. All right. Hold on, guys. We're going to share the screen. One second. And let me crowdsource um, this one too. If you guys think this market is just going to keep running, throw me the one. If you think that we've got risk of a pullback, throw me the two. Uh, I mean, I'm curious where everybody's at with this. All right, is my screen shared? I got to make it, it bigger. It's shared, yeah, but it's the size of for ants. All right, all right, oh. So, all right. Um, keep, so keep zooming. You're, you're, keep zooming. You're getting, you're getting a lot of twos. What was your what was your question again, Luke? It, it was if you guys think this market is just going to keep running, hit the one. If you think we're at risk for a pullback, smash the two. Okay. All right. So what am I doing? Puts, calls. What am I doing here? Uh, you you want to do puts? All right, puts. I got puts going. I I went out to to the end of February. What price though? Strike. I I did three sixty. Um, right now we're somewhere around three eighty. Let me get you an exact quote. But yeah, right right now we're at three eighty on the dot. So so so. I don't believe I don't believe this protects me for two hundred thousand. That's what I'm telling you. I really don't. So. Sounds too good to be true. Well, well, well two hundred thousand would be if you bought five contracts. Each contract's going to protect you thirty six k. So. So I'm just going to buy two. I'm buying two. And so you said each contract's going to protect me 36K? Yep. Yep. Um, all right. All right. So you guys can see my screen, right? Yep. We see it. So where am I at? We're going to the February, you said? Yeah, that that's what I did. I did end of February. Because you're saying... Okay, so here we go. End of I'm February. saying so February. basically my thesis is the last catalyst is going to be a bigger stimulus deal. As soon as that happens or out of catalyst, we might we might get hit. But if it goes up, if it goes up, I just totally lose out of it. If this it stuff. goes up, you know, and you're paying $500 per contract, you bought two, you just wasted 1000 bucks. All right, all right. And I don't have unlimited risk because I'm buying the puts. I'm not selling the puts. Co correct. All right. All right, so let's go to the February twenty sixth. You said that's what I have. Yep. So you did five. Okay, so five five. What's the difference? If I go to February nineteenth. Who cares? 
It, it doesn't matter. I mean, it. I always like to go further out. That, that's why, you know, I mean, it adds a week. Or, or sorry, yeah, it adds a week. So, so you know, whatever you want. What about if I go to three, 361, I'll do. Okay? All right. You're watching me, right? I'm watching you. Trade, I trade. Okay, I have to move it up fast. Okay, so now I'm buying to open. Two, that's what I'm doing? Yep. You do market on these? Uh, they're they're liquid enough. I mean, always throw 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 in a okay. limit, maybe. No, I'm doing market. So so your argument is, if the stock if the market falls, to say, if this goes down, if the S and P falls to three fifty, what happens? Uh, that then you're making eleven dollars times two hundred. So so then you're making twenty two hundred bucks. Your your your, okay, your downside is is basically stopped at three sixty. Wait a second. I thought you said if I did five, I would have two hundred thousand. I want to see how I if I would have two hundred thousand protected. Yeah, yeah, that would be if, if I did you did five, five so, contracts. So if I do two, how much I protected? Seventy-two thousand, and the protection starts when spies below three sixty. Okay, so if I if spy is at three thirty, then what does it look like for me? With with, with two contracts. Yep. Th then you then you'll make six grand. Okay, if I have five contracts. If you have five contracts, then you'll make uh, fifteen grand. Okay, so how do I have two hundred thousand of protection then? Uh, be because you're you're two hundred thousand. So let's see. So so three thirty is what percent below uh, three sixty? So that's eight percent drop. So an eight percent drop on two hundred thousand comes out to sixteen k. Okay. So where's two hundred thousand? You're 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 buying production on two hundred thousand. So so oh so, okay. So that's why I got excited by this. I knew there wasn't two hundred thousand of protection. That's okay. Now two hundred thousand of your portfolio is protected, basically. Okay, I'll do three. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. No, I'll do two because I'm probably gonna lose it. Okay. All right, we're doing it. I don't know what I'm doing. I still don't get it. So here we go. I bought them. All right, move out. That's the boring one. You'll have to explain to me more later because I don't get it. The use of it. So yeah, but, but right. basically, let, let me just recap again, really quick. So, so uh, if the market keeps going higher, it's not below 360 by the end of February, then you know you you, you just wasted your money. You bought the insurance; it, it didn't do anything for you. It, if spy starts to, to decline, you bought three contracts. That, that's about a hundred thousand dollars of protection. So, so every percent uh, uh, that that or every movement of spy below 360. You're, you're making money on that, so it's basically pumping it back into your portfolio, and, and you hedged away about $100,000 worth of risk. So, so, so if, if SPY falls 10% below that, you know, you're getting 10% uh, uh, you know, of 100000 kicked back into your portfolio. Okay, I'm going to see what happens in real life. All I can do see what happens in real life. I'm buying insurance. Basically. Boom, real life. There we go. And and, and people are people are liking it. They like that we're explaining. They're liking that I'm asking the questions. Um, but you know, the, the, uh, James Santiago, so I got news for you guys. Spy isn't going on anytime before January 21st. 
Um, All right. Well, maybe it will by February. <laughs> we'll see. Landa Raham, I totally disagree. He said, please learn how options work before you do anything with them. This is really painful to watch. No, um, I don't like the paper trend. I like learning with real money. Um, not everyone likes to do that. I do. It's how I really learn. Back in the day, I had paper trading accounts and I was doing really well. Until you have real money on the line, it doesn't mean anything. So I like working with real money and I'm not advising it for everyone, but it is something that over the years has taught me a lot more than just doing paper. I'm not advising for you to do it, but yeah, Lambda, I'm sorry. That's just how I learn. I, learn, I like right, to learn yeah. the hard lessons with real money. Sorry, buddy. And, and, and I think the reason why is because you care. I've had the exact same experience where, where I've opened paper trading accounts and thought I was like a stock trading genius, you know, because, because I'm acting entirely as a robot and making so much money. And then whenever I, I try to implement a strategy in real life, I'm just staring at the price all day. I'm getting freaked out. I'm closing trades too early. I'm, I'm trying to revenge trade and that sort of thing. Um, and, and so I'm the same way. I think that you really have to do it live to, to experience it. Um, and, and that said, you can start small live, right? You can, you can have a $500 account. Um, but, but I so think that the live is and so that's, more valuable. And that's what I did. And that's, I mean, that, that's what, exactly what I did. I, I did such a small trade that if I lose 800 bucks, I'm not really, I don't care, you know, not to say 800 doesn't matter, but I'm, it's, I don't have a ton of money in the game, you know? Yep. hundred percent. Yep. So, um, now I am. I may make a trade right now, guys. So, I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a trade. Rohan, can we can we get Jason back on the screen? He, Do you want his screen or Jason? We, we want Mr. Jason. Jason, can you toggle so, your screen share off? Okay, hold on. Rohan likes to make it hard for me, guys. Toggle my screen share off. Can I turn it off? There you, you are. All right, I'm gonna buy some options. I think. On um, let's see, let's see if they're good. Okay, so the, I don't think this thing is over in the government. This protest and all that stuff. What do you guys think? I think no way. After the conversation that we had with that person, Luke, this weekend, I just don't think it's over. So I'm gonna put. Um, I mean, I don't know how much this could rise, but I'm going to buy some call options February's on VSTO right now. Oh, bind open. Buy four calls. Let's do it. I'll buy. Hold on. I'll give you. I'll even do it. At, uh, the spread's pretty so big. So the stock's at $29 right now. We have earnings on, on February 4th. Putting a limit in a 2 file, I'll probably be down on it because I'll be so hot, but whatever. And I'm buying four call options right now, okay? Then I'm going to buy the stock too. There's other, what other gun stocks do you guys like? SWBI, okay, you want yeah. to buy that one too? And, and, and let All me right. throw this one out to our news desk. R Randy, what, what's the ticker for Taser? Yeah. All right. I just bought I just bought a thousand shares of VSTO, and I'm gonna buy. Um, someone said SWBI. I'll buy that too. Yeah, and, and here I'd here's rather, one. Uh, Rohan, throw I'd throw my screen up options. real quick. Check check out this one. There we go. Zippity in the chat. Throwing out the ticker. Uh, D Digital Ally. 
Um, they, they, they basically make equipment for police officers. Um, like they make body cams and, and things along those lines. Stock is up 16% today, basically on reports that, that more protests are planned. They're saying, um, I just saw an item um, on the Benzinga wire, um, armed protests being planned at all 50 state capitals ahead of the inauguration. ABC News reported on Twitter. That's my reason for buying. Yeah, right and now. then somebody threw out another one, ticker AAXN, that's Alpha Alpha X-Ray November. Uh, that, that's Axon. I believe that they are the Taser company. Um, like, like they make non-lethal military equipment, or sorry, police equipment. Uh, can, can somebody confirm that that's the case? If so, just, ticker Alpha Alpha X-Ray November. I just bought call options on SWBI. Um, AAXN uh, is Taser. Why do you think Taser, though? Uh, uh, I, oh, it's like, they, we, we, it, we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they make the police equipment. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah. so let's yeah. say that there's, uh, you know, there, there's, there's these protests, there's violence, you know, pe people unfortunately die or, or, or get shot by police. There might be a, a renewed push for non-lethal first. Um, that that's potentially what the play could be there. All right. I like the taser as a longer term one. I'm going to go out of the money on those. Um, and I'm going to try to buy April calls right now. And do we and we do have an exciting guest coming on. Um, we didn't tease it today. We should have. But Tom Nash is going to be coming on. He's going to be talking a little bingo. We've had Tom Nash on before. He's a fellow U of M alumni graduate. Very Ooh. smart. Very fundamental. Um, do you have the U of M fight, fight song on, Luke? On your Hail soundboard? to the victor. How's that? Yeah. Okay. So – um, he has a very engaged YouTube community and he goes really deep on companies and he's smart and he doesn't really, and I, and I also like how he does his videos. I'll give you an example. And I, I'm the one who like, I think discovered him Benzinga. He starts off as like, I don't tell you guys to like or subscribe. I just want to give you the facts and that's it. If you guys like it, then feel free, but I'm not going to, you know, pitch you to like and subscribe. Well, I'm nice going to tell you to like our just, stream. So, so, so if you haven't yes. liked our stream before, please do. <laughs> exactly. So Tom doesn't say that stuff. So it was like a welcoming thing. But yeah. Um, so yeah, Yoan was excited to watch his BNGO thing. And you know, I wanted Bingo on Luke because B I N G O B I N G O and Bingo. And and <laughs> and what? Stocks up twenty four percent today. All right. Well, let's bring Tom on because I don't know if he's long, short. I don't know what. I have no clue. All right. So Tom, can we, can we bring, let's bring you on now. Let's go. Tom, what's up? Tom, can you hear you... us? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up? Oh, yes. It, it worked, Rohan. I'm proud of you, buddy. We got Thanks, sound Jason. again. Yeah. We got sound. <laughs> this is great. So, uh, How are you, man? Hey, uh, yeah. I'm great. I'm, I'm doing I'm, – thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, flustered, uh, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I was listening before, when you were just at, like, 8,000 followers – and you're just a little different than everyone else. And I, and I like that. I, I like different. Different is good. It makes you stand out. It makes you unique. Um, I mean, I don't know if you hurt me earlier. I'm a complete idiot when it comes to, like, you know, hedging strategy sometimes. Like, I don't hedge that much. And Luke was trying to show me how to buy some puts on the SPY. And I did it, but I still didn't totally understand. I know what buying puts. I understand that. But I just didn't. He was saying my protection amount. I didn't get it. But instead, I just bought this. I bought it. I did what he said. And I'll, I'll learn from it. That's it. That's how I do it. You know? 
Yeah, you, you got, I gotta give you guys some credit as well. I mean, Benzinga has kind of become a, it's a household name. If you're in the stock market right now, everybody's in the stock market. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Benzinga is kind of the household name. Everybody, if, if, if I, it's definitely like in the vocabulary. It's, it's, a, it's part of the conversation when you talk about analysis. It's, no, it's kind of crazy. And part of it is because we didn't just build a platform for ourselves. We power most of the online brokerages, like with content and news. So basically they come to us and license data and content from us. So if you're using Yahoo Finance, the analyst ratings data you see, earnings data, Benzinga's powering it. If you're using Robinhood, same kind of thing. And so we're, we're, we're like the thing behind the thing for most platforms. Our website, Benzinga.com, was like our redheaded stepchild. Now we are putting you know resources behind it. We have the last like 18 months. Shouldn't be moving faster, but I don't know. Anyway, and it was like I was in Miami this past week and People, there's a lot of people that were in the market. I mean, I was sitting on the lounge, and this girl who I would never expect, I mean, maybe I'm stereotyping, she must have been, 20, she must have been 23, she's on her phone, and I'm thinking she's like TikToking, Instagramming, and I see like a stock grid, and I'm like, you invest in the stock market? She's like, yeah, I got into like six months ago, I this, and then I'm like, do you know Benzinga? She's like, yeah, I'm like, she's like, well, she's like are you looking over my shoulder? She was on Benzinga. And so, and then of course I dropped the Benzinga card, you know, and then uh, it, was, yeah. it was good. But um, it was, it was it, that part has been crazy, is, is a little bit crazy to me. And that's what's happening with you too, man. So congrats, kudos to you. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. So you guys wanna talk about BNGO? Everybody's excited about this thing, it's crazy. Yes, let's go to BNGO, Tom Nash's perspective. Me and Luke will shut up and let's hear what, what you have to take. I know you gave a really detailed presentation out of it. So let's hear what you have to say. Well, in fact, I made three videos about the uh, BNGO. In one of them, I actually sang the song, the, the bingo song, uh, just the first one. There we uh, go. Okay, then, okay, uh, we like that. But I retired the song, that's it, no more song. Uh, but uh, to make a long story short, like I do in my videos, bottom line first, I think the company is extremely misunderstood and still heavily undervalued. And that was the title of my video about BNGO today, literally. Uh, I think the company is definitely not assuring for anything. It's a very risky play because of the stage of where they are right now. As far as they have, they have a lot of obstacles to overcome, and a lot of cash flow issues, uh, which they are about to solve uh, in a minute. Uh, but it's definitely a risky play. But they have the potential to revolutionize uh, their industry, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. And so here's the thing: I'll start with the good stuff. The good thing about this company is um, it seems that the market for them is much bigger than people initially gave them credit for. Uh, initially, people were looking at BNGO as some sort of a kind of a research, medical research device company. So your target market would be what, uh, laboratories and stuff. Uh, right now, it seems that people are starting to wake up to the fact that this is a medical diagnostics company that is able to use genomics to actually diagnose uh, conditions, symptoms, and diseases that were never actually uh, possible uh, to use with sequencing like they have with, with current testing with genomics. So essentially, uh, they claim that they, they can actually diagnose cancer with the Sapphire device using genomic uh, testing, which is insane. However, everything I'm saying here is basically based on their claims of what they can do. So there needs to be, on my end, I mean, uh, a bit more validation as far as the technology, uh, but if this thing works as, as as they say it works, it's revolutionary. I mean, we're talking about a diagnostics tool 
that can diagnose uh, autism, Down syndromes, everything is wow. automatic. Like these things you do in the lab today, it takes like a, you need to put a person on on the microscope and, and you need to lay it out. Like it, it, the, the machine supposedly does that uh, automatically and quite fast. And so basically, what they're saying is that whatever they have on on uh, on, on on testing today, they can do everything, but they can do much more and much faster. But again, we're talking about a claim. That's the good stuff. So I think they have a lot of potential, a huge amount of upside because the market cap for them would be the the medical diagnosis field, which is huge. It's I don't know even how to quantify it at this point. And the issues that they're facing right now is beyond the validation of the technology that needs to happen, which I, it seems like they're working on on getting more validation. Uh, is the fact that they're pretty much uh, they're cash strapped. I mean, they don't have a lot of cash versus the the burn rate. Uh, I mentioned in my second video which was on January 4th, that they're about to go and ask for more money because they're running out of cash within uh, probably six months. And it literally happened four days after my video. On January 8th, they went out, they said, hey, we're raising funds, which is a no-brainer. When you need cash and the market is this hot, they have such a great stock price right now, it's a no-brainer. So the stock, of course, plummeted 21% once they did it, which is crazy to me because it makes no sense. I mean, the dilution, if you're bringing in cash, it's, it's a good idea. I mean, you're getting more cash into the company that eventually will generate more, more growth. So I never understood why the shares dip on dilutions, but it did. It created a great opportunity for people to come in and buy, and today they closed the gap, I think, back. I think they're around 5.8, 5.9. I haven't checked in a couple of minutes. Um, so that window is closed. Um, as far as what the future is for this company, I mean, I, my first video, I said the target, when I made my first video, I think their price was $3.08. And I said that the target price is anywhere between 5 and $7. But that was before I fully understood the scope of what they actually can do as far as diagnostics. So I think, I think, and I actually mentioned this, I think in my last video, that's probably at this point already a $10 stock uh, quite easily based on, the, on what they have as far as technology. Uh, but you have to understand that this is a completely binary play. It's either a $10 stock or, or, or even bigger than that potentially or it's a zero dollar stock. They either do it or they don't. There's nothing in between here. So that's why I think it's, a, it's still a risky play. It, it, it's a very risky play, but such huge upside. I really love this stock. And Todd, let, let, let me come in with a couple questions. So uh, you, you mentioned that cash was an issue for the company. You also said that, that they recently did some, some dilutive financing. Is cash still a concern? Or, or, or now that they've done that financing round, are they, are they good to go for a little while? Well, they announced it on Friday, so it hasn't happened yet. But they announced it, and they're going to raise enough cash. Uh, I don't think cash at this is no longer really a concern uh, once they raise these funds. Uh, the question really becomes uh, scalability and more than that, uh, a validation of, of the tech. I mean, they have. if you look on Twitter, they actually have their own Twitter account, which I think is really cool. They lay out a lot of the arguments of what they can do in a very structured manner. And there's a lot of physicians who I spoke to because I'm definitely, listen, genomics is not my thing. I know I look like a, like, like, like a nerd, but I definitely don't understand genomics. So I spoke to a lot of researchers and, and physicians that actually told me that what they're saying is extremely interesting and innovative and legitimate. Basically, they, a lot of the things that they're pointing out as shortcomings in sequencing, which is the current genomics uh, technology gold standard, it, it, they actually say that they can solve a lot of these problems. Uh, essentially, uh, they're creating a, mo a more context as far as when you look at the genomics analysis without boring. But basically, the question becomes very simple. Uh, can they actually deliver on, on the promise? 
because the promises are insane. They recently actually acquired the company on August 24th, I think, which actually does a lot of um, uh, LDTs, like a laboratory test for for autism and uh, and uh, early development uh, uh, problems with, with, with children and, and newborns. And so they're definitely headed towards the direction of going diagnostics heavy. I think the company was called Linogen, I'm not sure. Uh, but I was, I've never seen a company that young or in that stage actually do an M&A deal, but they managed to buy it with almost no cash, like a million point seven in cash, the rest of it was in, in BNGO stock, which shows me that that company actually thought of BNGO as being pretty much cash. The fact that they did that deal, even Linogen, shows a lot of trust in the company, which was a great sign for me. So I think I think that the, the only question at this point remains execution. If if they can execute on what they're saying they can do, I think this is going to be a massive disruptor in the industry, massive. But again, uh, we, we, that, that's that's always like you know we always we finance people. We tend to discount how important that stage of execution is. It's really important, not that easy. Yeah, and I also want to point out to people uh, that that they are hosting a, a five day event this week. It started today. Um, so, so heads up there. And, and then, Tom, the other question that I have, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about BNGO pr proving out their technology and that sort of thing. Um, you know, what does that timeline look like? I mean, is it years away? Is it months away? Is it weeks away? I any sort of context there is helpful. Well, they have, it seems that they're Wow, you sound so much track. better. Yeah, I know. What, what happened change? is that my mic was across the room. I just noticed. <laughs> oh, we still heard you loud and clear, but but now you sound like you know a radio host versus you know some guy. Yeah, I'm sorry phone. about that. I got so excited that Jason is on the show. I forgot to put in the mic. Yeah. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as far yeah. as timeline, uh, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, I, I can tell you that I have a little bit of experience with medical devices company and diagnostics. It's usually it's a lengthy process. It can take a lot of time. It also depends on, on, on a lot of the regulatory aspects of it, uh, which are complicated as far as, you know, the go-to-market and all that stuff. Uh, what I can tell you with my very limited layman experience is basically I see uh, that they're moving in very fast as far as um, um, educating people about the technology. And I see really they're coming out of the hibernation, so to speak. They were quiet for a, lot of, for a long time. And now you pretty much have news coming out at a, like a, it's a firing machine. They have actually a symposium coming out, I think, in two or three days, which is going to be kind of a demo of what the Sapphire can do as far as diagnostics. It's going to be huge. Uh, I think it's going to be another spike in the share, uh, for sure. Uh, I think definitely anywhere from a, a year, a year and a half, maybe two years. But again, we need to speak. So I think mainly the constraints will be regulatory. I think as far as R&D, they are really advanced. It's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of regulatory aspects with these medical diagnostic companies that needs to be solved. So I'm holding this. I actually bought some shares. I'm, I'll hold it for at least a couple of years. This is a long-term play for me as well. Awesome. And, and guys, unfortunately, I have to run. I, I have a brokerage call, as it seems like I have so many of these one o'clock brokerage calls, uh, but, but, but with one of our partners. So, so, so Jason and Tom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it over to you. All right. So, so Tom, do you buy into strength or... Do you buy? In, do you keep buying into strength? Uh, I, I I'm old school, so I like to buy the dips. Uh, not really. You, I I really don't like. Okay, the 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 answer is depends. If I have a long term plan for a stock, then it really doesn't matter. 
uh, as far as I, I actually gave that example where I was talking about another company. I said it doesn't matter if the stock price is five, six, seven, or eight dollars. If I think it's a twenty dollar stock or it's a potential industry disruptor, it doesn't matter. If I want to own the stock in three years, it, the entry point is irrelevant. For right. medium term play, plays where where it becomes an issue, then I like because it, the stock prices tend to be a, like a pendulum kind of a pattern to it. There's always a dip. Well, you can well Tesla. Tesla probably is not a good example for that. But there's a lot of usually stocks will dip, so you'll find opportunities to get in at a better price. Usually, unless it's a it, it's just a roller coaster. Uh, I like to wait for the dips. So I, I get in for mediums, but I have very few uh, medium-term uh, stocks. I'm really all about long-term. So I'm not. I'm more about, as you've seen in my videos, I, I like to analyze the fundamentals because I feel long-term, the fundamentals beat the news, the hype. Everything gets uh, beat by the fundamentals. So if the companies uh, can execute and they have the tech and have the business model, everything else kind of gets uh, phased out in, over the course of a couple of years. So that's why I really don't do short or medium-terms, almost, almost not, never. Yeah, no, I hear you. A stock that I recently bought was Office Depot. I bought it, I don't know, not last week, the week before, and it's 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 risen like by thirty percent. And as I'm sitting here, I'm getting messaged, you know, from these guys who are like, they're saying Office Depot is basically a new B two B distribution strategy, and it's not going to be like that retail melting pot thing. And um, and it's like a healthcare supplies. It's like they have this whole e commerce thing. And I, I guess this new CEO and they have all this cash and I'm seeing it as you're talking up like another six, 7%, no, 17% today. And so I bought Office Depot a week and a half ago or whatever it was, but I didn't buy a big position because I, I didn't know the story. I just knew these smart guys were telling me about it. And I was like, so then I researched it more. So I bought more into strength today. Like I bought more into strength of Office Depot, even though every bean in my body says this is going to be a negative. But the notes I'm reading, how they're changing their business around to be something else is interesting. And so could it be another one of these like the B so BNGO depends on so much. Office Depot depends on execution of changing their strategy, you know. So I don't know if you ever well, looked at Office I'm Depot. I'm not much OGP. different than you. I think what you're talking about is this it's my uh, it's my long term strategy. You're basically saying I don't care if I'm entering at 45 or 44 or whatever, because this I, I see big things for this company. The th I actually bought BNGO shares today at 5.95. And wow. I knew okay. I knew it's going to come down. I, I didn't know to 5.2. I knew it's going to come down heavily. Uh, but I yep. just said, first of all, I'm not going to sit in front of the screen, chase the stock. I want to own it in two years. I think it's going to do great things. And I don't care. Uh, I, I, and it dipped and I, then it came back. I didn't even check so when well, I think that what you're saying here is the same thing I'm saying. Long-term entry points are not that important. It's much more important to look at the company. Is the management solid? Are there smart guys? Uh, what's the, the 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 cash flow is, is like? What's the business model is like? All the stuff that that actually make a good business. And I think with Office Depot, what you mentioned is is they're the the poster child of the K recovery. Office Depot actually is one of those companies that instead of going down with the ship, they pivoted really quick and adjusted. And they've created a yeah. whole new business model with this, with the B two B business and the remote business, and they came out on the on the on the on the upper, upper side of the K. While a lot of these retailers went uh, underwater because they didn't adapt fast enough. And I think that management deserves my money. I mean, if that's actually a very interesting yeah. stock, uh, I might invest. I'll, I'll 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 DM you the the notes this guy sent me. But the you know the thing back in the day, I was immature about buying because I bought Tesla 
at $38 pre-split in like four or five years ago. And so obviously it's like $10. And when I bought it, I thought I bought double the position that I bought. I bought a small position. I didn't have any money then. It was like five, six years ago. And I thought I bought, let's say I bought 100 shares for $3,800. I thought I bought 200 shares for 7,600. All right. And then when I realized I wasn't trading act, at least I didn't look at my account. And then I went and checked my account when it hit 78, like three months later. I'm like, shit, I only have 100 shares. And so I didn't want to buy another 100 shares then for ego purposes. I wanted to see my percentage gain being so large. And so when I share my portfolio on like during the show, I don't necessarily show the dollar amounts, but I show the percentage gains. And so the percentage gain looks insane with Tesla for me, insane. But really, I shouldn't have cared about that. I should have bought more of it. I, I had such a strong thesis on Tesla back then. I bought such a small amount and I'm not complaining 100 shares and I bought a little more later and I bought call options, but you know, it's still 100 shares, $3,800 makes it to 420,000 today. But I would have had three, you know, I would have that, that stock right there should have been a stock that moved me to like 4 million right from that one stock, which is just, I didn't, I looked at the percentage gain versus do I believe this stock is poised to rise? And I know you've talked about that, I think. Yeah. I think that, uh, listen, I'll, first of all, I'll tell you a story that's going to make you feel a little bit better about yourself. I have a friend who held about $30,000 worth of Tesla stock, which he got rid of at 200. Okay. So he, lo he yep. lost out on being, a, a <laughs> he lost out on a lot of money. Um, but on Tesla, I think uh, I actually made a video about that as well. I think Tesla is a really interesting test case for how people misunderstand companies, much like BNGO. I mean, Tesla is, is a completely different story, but I think a lot of people didn't actually understand the full potential and to an extent still don't get it um, because the way you, people analyze Tesla is by looking at the automotive industry and basically trying to, to pigeonhole this company into this business. However, as Chamath actually pointed out on CNBC a couple of days ago, this is an energy distribution uh, business and what they're doing with Tesla and the synergies that they have with SpaceX and with other companies he's running and with his brain, which is, he, I mean, I think uh, Tesla can easily hit 1500, uh, maybe not in a year, but probably in, in, in a couple of years. I think that's a stock at the game, 1500. Um, I, I have friends who literally say we'll never sell it unless we absolutely need the money right now as a like yeah. an emergency. So it's currency at this point. I mean, Tesla stock is money. Yeah, a few years ago, I went out to um, Lake Tahoe, it's, it's uh, Nevada. I went to the battery plant and did a tour, and I saw like how Tesla was powering all of Puerto Rico or eighty percent of Puerto Rico. And I saw how they were producing the batteries, and I saw how the machines they were using to make it. And there were so many things that I saw. I got like a special tour. You're not really supposed to see all this stuff, I guess. I don't know, or the public. And it was just like unbelievable what I saw there, and what, and why I traded Tesla. Like Tesla's the one that I. So battery day, people were buying the stock ahead of battery day. I bought some puts. It was the first time I went against Tesla because people were talking about Tesla having a battery that goes 1,000 miles or goes a million. And I knew they couldn't do that because it, it ruined the residual value of the cars out there and that people bought. They have, to, If you notice, over the last five years, every year the battery increases capacity by like 10 to 15%. They're not all one day going to say 500% increase. Maybe even if they could, because it would ruin the residuals. So I knew the battery day was not going to be as exciting. And so I bought some, and then I bought some of the stock after. And it's one of these things, the numbers where it's at today is, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And like the guys in our other show will say Ford and GM will eat their, you know, pie. But you know that Ford and GM have these dealerships and they make money on aftermarket service. 
I have that electric car and I barely get service. And so there's 60% less parts. It's a whole different model that it's like that, you know, innovators dilemma, the Clay Christensen, like, are yeah. these companies ready to, you know, right? I think about it this way, Tesla beyond the dealerships, uh, they don't hold, they have zero inventory, literally. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge difference. I mean, when you don't have any inventory gaps, uh, beyond the fact that they run their own uh, insurance business, beyond the fact that, uh, I mean, the, as you mentioned, uh, the cars are cheaper to make. I mean, the, the, the cost of goods on the electric car is significantly cheaper when you don't have an internal combustion engine. I mean, it's it's a completely different model. Uh, not, not to mention that Tesla are actually doing something very smart. The FSD is moving to a SaaS model. So they're going to charge monthly for the full self driving, which is going to be another continuous revenue stream for them, which is smart. Um, I, I think Tesla is comparing Ford to Tesla, in my opinion, is comparing uh, PS3s versus PS5s. It's all tech. I mean, it still works. You can play Mario. But next gen games, you have the, ne the next gen technology. I mean, I don't think I, I said in my videos, I don't think Ford, Ford are probably like six, seven years behind. And with right slow, that it's game over, in my opinion. With oh ride chair okay yeah is that what you're saying the, with the ride chair is that the last part you're talking about yeah I'm no I'm, I, I talk no it's my Russian accent a uh, ride slow uh, with the, the the machine that builds the machine uh, the oh the exponential oh yeah 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 right slow yeah, yeah, yeah it's my accent nobody um, understands it no. but actually you mentioned on a really important really important point which I actually left out so thank you it's the whole robot taxi thing is going to be massive yep. I mean. It, yeah. Barring any, I mean, if they don't get blocked by regulatory constraints on that, it, this can be potentially another disruptor. So, yeah, that's insane as well. You probably, don't, you probably don't know this, but in February, before Tesla's big run, people were people were saying Tesla's dead money. I I was with Kathy Wood for about two and a half hours here in Detroit. She was in for a conference, and like some people knew who she was, but most people didn't. I waited to the last person. She knew Benzinga. We sat down for two, two and a half hours. I have most of it on, uh, I recorded most of it. And it was, it was just unbelievable. And she, she's just so smart. And now everyone's talking about her. We're bringing her on, I, I think it's next, in two and a half weeks, she's coming on for uh, a decent interview. But it's, it's unbelievable. And um, I just, Jim Chanos, who's short Tesla, back, the guy, you know who I'm talking about, Jim Chanos? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the Bears, one of the, the famous Bears. He, yeah, he came and spoke in Detroit with Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Quicken Rocket Mortgage and the Cavaliers about three and a half years ago, four years ago. And I was in the audience, like 60 people. And he said, my biggest short is Tesla. And I didn't get up and argue I was going to. And then I just said, forget it. I don't need to create a whole stinct. But people left that room after he gave his Tesla thing and shorted Tesla, like so many people. And that's what the problem is when you like you hear one side that these shorts – get so convinced to their side they're not look they're not open to looking at the other side of it um that's what i think you know you're not open to the problem at with it. the tesla shorts as you mentioned is um, they're kind of in an echo chamber because what what's happening is for whatever reason the mainstream media isn't really giving tesla a, what i feel is 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 objective coverage and we talked about this before i mean i don't think it's intentional but for whatever reason, it's a very biased uh, uh, coverage. And then you have this environment where people who don't understand the business model don't get to hear the actual uh, analysis of the company, basically talking about the upside. They, uh, they really just hear about the uh, – I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of the, the people who cover Tesla on mainstream media 
just don't have the capacity to understand this new business model and, and this new business. I, I don't think it's intentional, but the problem with these shorts is that, uh, again, as you mentioned, uh, they fail to see the potential. I mean, a lot of these uh, evaluations that they're talking about are based on on a very conservative model that talks about what a car company could be. And and they're kind of missing out on, on that Tesla isn't really a car company, not anymore. And, and I think if you're still shorting Tesla in 2021, I don't think that's smart. I wouldn't bet against Elon. Yep, I, I, I agree. And um, and it is amazing if you think about it, like the Model S and Model X, they haven't even changed the interior in like three years or did little adjustments. And it's still like the greatest car on the road and no one's even competed. Um, no one's, I, well, I tested Leno off the electric. About it. You heard Jay Leno, what he said about Tesla. I mean, what he, he said, said no, something really interesting. He said that, listen, I bought Tesla in 2015 because it's the fastest car, zero to 60. Easy. He didn't even spoke about the environmental stuff. I mean, we don't even talk about that part. I mean, it's a, it's a four you know, second it, car. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, yeah, if you are, I drive it and uh, I love, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's the crazy. I mean, the rope, the, I mean, how about the autopilot? I mean, I drove to work today and it's like, I could have slept, I have to say. And, and and there's a thing people, and I didn't sleep, but some people are doing things like, because, you know, Tesla makes you shake the wheel every 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, a, there's a blog. It's called like the penny something. They take a bag of pennies and put it over the wheel, steering wheel so it doesn't make you do it. But I don't do that. So <laughs> I don't do it. I, I saw the demo where you actually pulls over if you don't do it every couple seconds. Yeah, I was actually going to try that. I was going to test it today. So what happened was, I was freezing in the car, so I put a sweatshirt on, and I had to take my seatbelt off. If your seatbelt off is off, the the auto driving does not work. So I took my belt off to take my, and it turned off the auto driving. It gives you all these red alerts. It's like it's mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of stuff like that. And the thing that my kids are excited for is the new horns. They you know Tesla just introduced new horns. Like instead of just the boring horn, you have three different horn things you can do. So that's what they that keep waiting. They, that's what they can't. It, it, oh yeah, I mean the the best part of it. I don't mean like saying the word, but the farting toy is like my kids go in there and have their friends. It's like, oh, it's for me who li- likes that immaturity. It's the best car ever. But all right. So, Tom, so bingo, Tesla, when you got your next position, we want you to come on. Get you, uh, People love you and we love your deep fundamental analysis. It's 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 very good. And uh, I love that you're not afraid to approach any stock. That's what's also cool. No, and, you guys and, have and been killing I, it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the, for the kind words. I, I really think that. If if you if you if if you have any money in the stock market and you're not on Benzinga, you're you're just uh, you're handicapping your your trading. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna cut that as a clip. Tom Nash on the Benzinga thing right there. Editors who are listening, cut that as a clip. Tom Nash, and then send me a check. Um, and then remember, the <laughs> yeah, such a, I, I I will I will I put your Twitter in the thing. Get, go to YouTube, type in Tom Nash. It's N A. Someone said N A S G. I think they just mis uh, typed um follow him he's smart and you're doing this full time you're not you're not like doing investment banking or anything like that anymore you're doing this full time no 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 no. i'm doing this full time uh, i i went full time where this was not financially sustainable because i had a gut feeling that that's what i want to do and um, if you remember when that when i went full time i had twelve thousand, which is where about you joined in and then it kind of skyrocketed from there i had no idea it's going to happen that fast i mean uh it's been it's been yeah, a, it's I, been a wild journey. I saw your whole Dan Bilzerian thing, and I saw one of them that but then you like sort of said maybe it's not true the social thing that like someone like I don't know who tipped you on it, but it was not a true tip or whatever. 
the social yeah. company that he hired or something. I don't know whatever well, happened in, with that. In, just, in, yeah. in, in the, there's a lawsuit that was filed by one of his former presidents, uh, Curtis yep, Effenden, yep. where he yep. mentions one of, he lists out the expenses and there's an expense there for 15,000 for social media promotion. And, um, and a person approached me who claimed to, to have worked with him on that. And uh, I, I was really deep into it until I found out that I, I had no enough evidence. I mean, I, I had a lot of doubts. Lie or- did that, did that person either a prank or or somebody just trying to promote his business oh. so i don't know well what i what i would say is showing hot girls on your instagram and not much clothes you're going to get followers you're just going to you know and it's like and so i don't know if they're real or not but you're going to get followers so well right? he admitted that it's it's all paid i mean he's actually on record it's a hundred thousand dollars the fee you get it's like an annual fee and you become a oh, brand right. ambassador. That, that that's what it's called. I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. I mean, I that, no no issues. My only issue with it was that if you're spending that much money on marketing, which is probably in the top twenty percent of all cannabis companies in the U.S. and even Canada, and you're bringing in uh, what I think was like a million and a half in revenue. I mean, that's crazy. Okay. That for me, that was like you're spending fifty times more than you bring in on marketing, and and it consistently year over year and. And nobody, I mean, that's, I was like, that no, thing I, make no sense. I, I hear you. And he built like a big following way back, you know, back when, and I thought he could he would be able to monetize it. And I'm surprised that they, you know, I um, actually probably met him four years ago. I did a sit down interview at our Toronto event and we poured the interview and I never posted it on YouTube. I don't know. I was supposed to re- review them, but I knew I'd get a lot of pushback. This was like four years ago. I still, I still have them and like saved. I met him um on it and i don't know like i i don't know what like i agree with you like at the end of the day every single person profit. that met dan Bilzerian told me that this he is one of the nicest most respectful guys you'll ever meet nobody has told me a bad word about this guy he's just the nicest guy no i mean the this the, the instagram persona is probably not compatible with his i mean nobody's is but i think uh, from what i hear is a really nice guy but i guess One that's what social media what he got a bad he got a bad rap for when they had the Vegas shooting. He like he actually did try to help in that thing, but um, I don't know. The fire alarm went off during our interview and it got a little crazy. It'll be a funny clip. I should share that with you. But um, yeah, I I, I I don't know who's running that business ignite. Do I think it could be something at this point? I don't know what is you know what is going on with that thing because you're right. The marketing expenses and you have a million in sales. The numbers are so, like they should be so the opposite. It should be. 20 million in sales. I spoke with the guy who, exactly, exactly. That's the ratio I was thinking about when I was doing the videos. I was like, exactly what you said. But then I was seeing like one to 50 and I was like, what? That thing don't make no sense. I actually spoke, I, I one of the uh, former executives reached out to me and he's the guy who, who was working closely with the management. He, he basically told me that the whole idea was to take this into a beverages business and have the cannabis on the side. And uh, he was basically seeing this as, as a, like a beverage company. And he said his following is much more compatible with that. But he got booted out with uh, with Curtis. So he, he couldn't get it done. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, it's, a, it's, I, a, it's a penny stock. It's not that important. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the no, day. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's just like I would buy water branded by Tesla. I would buy vodka branded by Tesla. I would buy anything Tesla. I mean, that like I would like I need to make a Tesla room in my house. I mean, I... I 
I would buy anything Tesla. And it's like that. He, if you could extend it to bottles of water, you could. But yeah, you're right. It's not that important at the end of the day. These BNGOs, these Office Depot. I sent you the notes on Office Depot. Um, I'll get more. Um, this is just a guy who follows the stock. It's like me, I'll find fundamental trades every so often, like up, Upwork I found a while ago where I saw, they changed the price amount. I knew their numbers would probably be higher. But then I'll listen to smart people like yourself or others. And I and it's like it's it's not it's like someone that really knows an industry. I'll listen to them. And then if it's because that's how Office Depot, I, I really if you ask if you quiz me time on Office Depot right now, I, I, I would I would have to just like read the notes like I don't know enough. And there's no way I'm going to learn that many stocks in my life. I need to li listen to office. I have a guy, you know, who Nelson Peltz is trying, you know, Nelson Peltz. No. Right. So it's like Carl Icahn, but he did like the, he was like, um, he did like Snapple, Wendy's, uh, Monolith. Oh, okay. He's like, uh, he, so he's yeah, just like, um, his name's not out there as much as Carl Icahn, not even close. Carl Icahn's like, mm -hmm. you know, name wise. Yeah. Big. Well, Carl like, Icahn's my, name, uh, right. Yeah. My college roommate worked for Peltz for 12 years and, um, he gave me Carol's restaurant group, you know, P R T A S T at 185. He said, Jason, it's either going to just go bankrupt or it's going to be a lottery ticket. And he's like, so I have some in and he like looks at the number. He does what you do. And so that's why, that's why when people are listening to you on the show right now, why I'm going a little bit longer than I should be going is that, or we should be going is that you go deep on companies and not a lot of people do that. They look at, Oh, this, like Warren Buffett said, you know, five years ago, if you're buying a stock because it went up yesterday, that's the only reason you're buying. That's probably not a good reason. Now in this market, when the market goes up all the time, then it's f fine. But you're doing deep analysis like my friend Brian. And Brian doesn't give me stocks all the time. He gives me them every so often, once every four months. And, you know, you want so he's not a trader like you. Which one? I did a video a while ago about on Adobe. And oh, Adobe. Uh, I give I give it a, I think it's it's massively underpriced. Uh, I think it's at four hundred and eighty dollars right now. I did a yeah. I can send you the link to my video. Uh, it was uh it, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Everything points out to this company being a massive, massive, massive success. They have the business model, so the you, SaaS model. I, I, they, so I think know, that's a, you know, that's one of the... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do you know Unity Gaming? It's letter U. So yeah. Unity Gaming is like software. Okay. And there, so Adobe, and then there um, there's the 3D one. It starts with an A, auto or whatever it is. Like Adobe's competitor in the 3D, like not gaming, but 3D modeling starts with an a but i don't know but adobe and then unity like f you know follow that thing with software to create other things but your adobe play mm -hmm. so you love adobe so you still own it yeah think about it okay so what, what i'll send you a link to my video but basically essentially what i love about adobe is a couple of autodesk things. autodesk is uh, the other one by the way okay autodesk i, I actually know autodesk but if you think about Adobe, Adobe has a much wider spectrum of services versus Autodesk. Okay. Autodesk is their competitors in, in, in the very specific area, but Adobe does everything from, from audio post-production all the way to video editing to 3D modeling for photography. I mean, there's, it's endless, the products. What I love about Adobe is that the guys who pivoted from selling a CD-ROM, yeah. we still yeah. old enough to remember CD-ROMs, but from selling CD-ROMs to going online and selling SaaS model, they were pretty much the first in the business to do it. Those guys are still around. They haven't changed management, I think in 15 to 16 years. And if you look at their financials, they're as pristine as one would expect. 
And um, especially with what's going on right now, as far as you know, the, the stay-at-home trend and the whole switch to these home office, I really see a huge opportunity for Adobe. Uh, I actually gave them a price target, I think, of $600. And they're $480 right now. Um, I think it's one of those companies that are not, uh, quote, unquote, sexy enough. So people sleep on them. But I, th- I believe in long term, these fundamentals will beat out uh, how, how boring this company is. <laughs> I mean, it's not a Tesla, but it's a, it has such good fundamentals. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. Of course, I got. I bought so much stuff. I'm trying to trim out stuff. I've been on margin. I'm on too much margin, but the you can always sell your margin immediately. So maybe I'll buy some long term. Well, right Adobe right now is four seventy seven. Um, four seventy seven. I think it's um, that's the lowest they've been in uh, in a month. Wow, I mean, like, I yeah, and we, and we and we pay Adobe. If we had an ETF based on what we spend money with, like these vendors, it's insane. Like Datadog uh, from mm-hmm. AWS, our all our vendors, Asana, Slack, Salesforce, HubSpot. HubSpot, I was in at sixty; it's at three eighty. Twilio, we pay all mm-hmm. these companies for so, the stuff from Benzinga, and we pay Adobe. If we had like an ETF of just the companies we pay for stuff, stuff like. Two thousand percent, you know. I mean, I can't. I can't mean. You know, we pay Amazon. How much? Go ahead. What are you gonna say? <laughs> we pay AWS. We pay. We pay AWS and hosting. You're gonna flip out. We pay AWS monthly. Monthly for our hosting, thirty-eight thousand a month. Oof. You you might want to invest. <laughs> but you know oh, why I, I laughed I, earlier I, because you literally you you mentioned all the companies I covered on my channel: Twilio, Salesforce, Asana. I mean, all these companies you just mentioned, uh, you can go back. I have videos on all of them. CRM, uh, I mean, uh, Salesforce. I did one Twilio. I did, I did one about Mimecast, but they closed the gap. When I did Mimecast, they were, they were really underpriced. Um, but yeah, okay. all these companies that you just mentioned, the biggest industry, I think the next industry as far as uh, fundamentals. All of these companies have one thing in common is that they provide SaaS to businesses. If you're in the services as a software a, a business and you're working B2B now it's and you actually have a good product or a good service whatever you want to define it it's a gold mine I mean it, everybody's going digital everybody is going remote I mean it's you can't go wrong a Twilio I actually did a video about Twilio I did about uh, CRM all of these companies it's, it's just insane and Twilio actually does a, some phenomenal work I mean as far as you know again because we're old enough to remember I'm, I'm 40 in three months uh, so we remember what uh, mess, text messages bore as far as businesses reaching out to you, how spammy that thing was. And if you look at what Twilio offers now as far as packages and, and suits, it's how you can communicate. You can book a flight or change the reservation of your or rental car, whatever. Twilio does amazing things with really outdated tools like text messages, which I really love. I mean, but it's it's a new world. I mean, we're living through the renaissance of, of SaaS. It's really crazy. You know, you know, Twilio was founded by Jeff Lawson and two other guys. He used to be at StubHub. He was a CTO and before that, Versity. I, I went to school with him, middle school, elementary school, high school. I used to go to Jeff Lawson's house to go to his mom, Gail Lawson, for math tutor. I know Jeff well. I was actually at Twilio's headquarters before it was public. And he said how he founded the company. He had three different things he was working on. One was a, like a SendGrid, and the SendGrid thing didn't work out. And or, So what he did was... He bought, he, he made up websites and bought Google AdWords to see who would click on this stuff more. So he said he made a thing for a SendGrid type business, then, and then now they bought SendGrid, and then the Twilio thing, and he took the, the phone book, 
and he called some, you know, telecommunication companies. Like if we can make this happen and this, and then no one, he got like 60 no's, literally 60 no's on this investment and this startup. And he built Twilio. He's, he's a, uh, and, and why I'm bringing it up to you, Tom, is he's also uh, related to you because he's an alumni of the University of Michigan. And he almost was an mm-hmm. alumni because he, uh, he, he, uh, he, he, he didn't graduate at first because he had a startup and he left and then he came back when the startup didn't work out and then he finished his degree. Um, and Jeff is, yeah, he's just a good guy from Michigan. So, you know, whatever, but that's another way, one. That's you, amazing. A lot of people don't know that, but will you actually donate a, a, a pretty significant portion of, of, of their earnings? They're part of this plan. I don't remember exactly how it works, but I think they donate like 1%. Um, I wow. don't remember the plan that they're actually running. It's a very interesting. Um, uh, I, I remember when I saw it, I was really excited. Um, let me look it up. It's really, I, I mean, the, the guy is super likable. I didn't know he's a, he's a U, U of M alum. Yeah. Wait, um, wait, so before you before you were doing this, were you at an investment bank? Like, how do you know all this stuff so I, much? So when I graduated, I got a if job. You don't want, uh, you don't want in to answer. You don't want to answer right now because Republic. That's fine. We can talk later. Yeah, but I, I'll just give you like the answer that uh, the the, okay. the public answer. I actually spent uh, quite a few years in the city, I, working for a large investment bank, mainly in alternative investments. Uh, I was part of a team that ran um, a, a, an FOF, uh, basically a fund of funds, where we manage about 107 uh, billion. Uh, it's it's a it's a decent shop, not a huge one. In, in if you look at the stuff that are in New York City, I mean that's not. A massive one, but 107 billion is pretty nice. And basically, what we did there is basically the stuff I do today is essentially we look at good managers. We really looked at good people to give them money to actually. We didn't almost handle portfolios almost never. So evaluating management was pretty much a, a, one of the massive uh, tasks that we used to do. And that's why I got so good at looking through bullshit. That's why I can spot not so successful managers. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, and that's why I can see the greatness in uh, Elon, in Chamath, um, in, in, in Twilio, all of these guys. I can see through the bullshit. I see who's legit and who's not almost immediately. That's great. No, that's great. You're like a, Kathy. You're like a forensic. I actually have merch that says uh, Kathy knows. <laughs> I love Kathy. Really? On my side, you see like Kathy knows. Yeah, yeah. With mugs yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of Kathy. Wait, will you show me your Kathy knows things? We're we are going to make merchandise for her because when we bring her on the show that one day, we want everyone to be having yeah. wearing a Kathy shirt, and then I'm gonna like put everyone. I'm gonna send out the shirts and yeah, like have a photo of like a hundred people wearing the shirt. So send it to me, maybe I'll give you ideas. Yeah. But the the other the, what, the one thing I was gonna say is, um, oh god, I just forgot it. But uh, so you, oh yeah, you like these guys from Math and these guys. You're you're like a forensic accountant for um like not a forensic accountant, but you're like you do that kind of work to figuring out companies that are bullshit or not bullshit. Which I like. Yeah, and it's know, not that complicated like a, because like yeah, but think about it this way: people get lost in all these. It, they try to make it seem complicated. All these ratios, all this. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do ratios and go crazy. You just take a look at simple stuff. For example, uh, look at how much cash the company has. Look at how much liabilities the company has. How much assets they have. Look at how much they're burning through through a quarter. I mean, really simple stuff. You can teach anybody to do that. In my in my show, I try to educate people how to do it. I don't try to keep it behind the paywall. I don't have any courses. I'm not selling anything. There's nothing for sale. Um, I, by the way, Got I just it. sent you the Kathy note. Um, but okay. I'll just try to educate people how to how to do it. I think it's I think everybody. It's a skill that every single person that 
goes and puts money in the stock market needs to understand how to do a very simplified analysis of a financial report, of a balance sheet, of a cash flow, even if you're not yep. an accountant. That's something you really need to know instead of looking at charts and trying to yep. decipher these. It's like I had a professor in, in, in school that basically told me this thing, and I keep quoting him. Um, I never gave him credit, still won't to this day because I didn't like him. But he had a really good quote. Uh, is the stock market is essentially like a, it's a drunk person. If you try to build an algorithm that's going to anticipate the next footstep uh, location of that drunk person, you're never going to get it because it's so random when he's walking and wobbling. The next foot is going to land wherever it's going to land. There's no way for you to predict it. And that's what daily swings are. I mean, it's impossible to time the market. But if you go through fundamentals and you're patient and, and you're not emotional, you can really build a sustainable income and, and prepare yourself for pension and actually have an, a good amount when you retire. All right. No, I, I, I like it because the daily swings, I like it. The drunken person, you can't, you don't know where they're going. Um, oh, one, one of my, some of my, my Adobe March calls just got executed. So I'm now in Adobe, not as probably big as you, but I'm now in Adobe. So um, just got executed. All right. Well, thank you, yeah, Tom, for coming on. Guys, yeah, guys, look at, you know, go to Tom's YouTube channel. He's very detailed, very good. Uh, he has a Twitter account. Uh, and, he, and he gives it out. He could just keep the stuff for himself, but he get, he gives it out. So uh, give him the, the love, and he's a good personality, and, just, and he sticks to the facts, which I freaking love. You know, anything else, Tom? Yeah, I, yeah I just want to give you a shout-out back. Uh, if you are like my channel and like my stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back here for the second time for a reason. I don't do a lot of these. It's because I really love what Benzinga is doing, and it's one of the – best investments you can do in your future is actually go and, and, and re-educate yourself on, on credible sites and credible resources like, uh, like Benzinga. I think Benzinga, you guys have been killing it. And I think that we actually share a lot of the values. I really like what you guys are doing. Um, and I, I hope to be back on. Uh, let's, let's find the next BNGO and, and bring me on again. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Congrats on BNGO. I mean, you've been saying it and it's up 20%. Congrats. I didn't, I didn't want to spill the beans at first. I did know that you were logging it, but I didn't want people to know your position before you. Were yeah, I said, I said yeah, on congrats. January 1st, I said 5 to $7 on January 1st. Um, I also did a video. That's You know what, Jason? Before you, you let me go, let me tell you something really funny. People really try to look at very simple answers. I made a video uh, talking about the risks in BNGO, and then people were like, well, didn't you say you love BNGO? It's not as it's not a it's not a binary game. You, it's not a one zero sum. You have to look at even if you if you fall in love in the stock too much and you completely ignore the risks, it's like getting into a bad relationship. You have to understand what you're getting into, <laughs> the good and the bad, because it's going to have a massive implications on 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 your financial state situation in both cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. There can be pros and cons to any stock. When I was doing Upwork, there was pros and cons to him. People like would say, oh, I. But yeah, um, I did paste his YouTube link in there, guys. I know you guys said, what's his channel? 128,000 followers. It's skyrocketed. And, um, and he, he knows his stuff. And he's going to tell you both sides of the scenario. He's not going to just try to convince you to buy a stock. He's going to tell you both sides and tell you what he, what he is doing. And he'll question things. And that's what you do, Tom. And, and, and that's awesome. And you're giving out picks and you're telling people what you buy. Maybe there's a Tom Nash hedge fund. Who knows? You guys may be surprised one day. I'll, I'll do one with you. <laughs> okay if you, we'll talk about that later we, we're, we're working on we're working on some fun part of the business so i guess why that's why i asked you what you did in the past because i wanted to see if you had an experience with funds and that's why there's something in the works that or not in the works yet but we should talk about 
Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for staying so long and thank you for educating everyone. People love you. Give Tom a like, go join him on YouTube and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. All right. Rohan, producer Rohan. Yep. Later, man. Are you there, producer Rohan? I'm Way here. Over. What's up, Jason? Give me, give me, I, I promise people uh, smarter than a fifth grader. Give me three questions. Let's go. All right. Let's pull it up. Um, okay. I'm trying to get myself on the screen as well with you here. So just give me a second. But it's I, fine. I see this you. Question pulled up. You should have me on the screen too. I just see you. I know. That's okay. what I'm saying. I'm going to work on getting me in place of Tom. You are on. We see you. Here. I'll you're do on. this and I'll swatch my name out so we can see both of us. Um, oh, all right. Here's Tom's name. You'll change your name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's what I'll say. Change your name. Okay. Um, okay. Well, this question is. Uh, we're, we're starting in first grade folks. So, you know, it might start out a bit simple. Um, what color are the stars in the flag of the United States of America? Um, white. Well, look at that. He got, he got it right folks. Okay. Oh, you can't see my okay. screen. Sorry. Um, how many years are in a century? Yeah. Oh, hundred. You can change your name though, by the way. I'm doing it. Had change my it. So, hand busy yeah. with the phone. Here, I'm going to add some background music just to add some light little yep. game show you music. Have two here. more questions, guys. All right. You so go. you were right with the, with the 100. Keep going. Who was the first person to step foot on the moon? We have Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Neil, Alan Shepard. Neil, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong is correct. Um, what is the number 10 written in Roman numerals? These, are, these ones are, I thought I X. X is correct. Um, okay. Do you want to do this? Is pretty quick. Let's run the five more questions. How many letters are in the English alphabet? Keep going. I know that one. Twenty-six. Okay. Twenty-six. Boom. All right. Um, and I could also give you the options. To be fair, um, what is the largest continent on Earth? South America, Europe, Africa, or Asia? See, finally, we got something that I don't totally know. Um. You're laughing at me, but yeah, I mean, I know Africa. Africa, I think, is incorrect. It was Asia. Asia. Okay, I didn't know that. See, the comment um, section added for a little bit. Some of them did. Um, okay, how much is it? Okay, this one's stupid. Um, in our solar system, which planet is farthest from the sun? Mars, Saturn, Venus, or Neptune? Let's give the chat a second to respond. What are you letting them answer your questions I, for you? No, I was going to give them a chance. Mars. Mars is incorrect. It is Neptune. Oh. Okay, this, oh. one, this one's pretty easy. What month comes after August? Skip that, okay? Skip that. Um, oh, this one's actually... Uh, okay. What bones protect your heart? The femur, the ulna, the cervical, or uh, the rib cage? Rib cage? Rib cage is correct. Yep. All right. Here, Boom. That's the game. You want more? I can load it up. I have to wait for no, the ad no, to go good. away. You guys want one or two more questions or no? Press one if you do, two if you don't. All right. We're waiting on them. Um, they said they want more. It's okay. Someone said who won. I think it was just Jason playing. So maybe the chat won. Let's give it to the chat. Um, Oh, okay. Ones. More questions. All right. Let's see. All right. I want you to bump it up a little bit. The music? Oh, bump it up. No, the... Yeah, 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 I got you. Let's see. Well, it's it's only letting me go 
by uh, we have to pass a level first. Okay. I know, I know. Which okay, this one's maybe not the easiest. You have to, you know, be on top of your game a little bit. Which prime number is between five and ten? Six, eight, uh, six, seven, eight, or nine? Seven. Seven is correct. How many angles does a triangle have? Okay, I think we all got this one. Um, what continent has the most countries? Asia, Europe, Africa, or South America? This one's actually kind of hard. About the other people chance answer. Let's see. Getting a lot of threes. I wonder if that means Africa. I see. I see a lot of Europe's. A lot of Europe's too. All right, what's your answer? Is that what it is? I'll just Europe. follow the chat. Europe. I, I phone a Africa friend. was I'm, Africa I'm was correct. Friend. Europe. Was oh incorrect. my God! You guys got me out. That's it. We're out. That's it. We're out. That's it. You all guys right, got me right. out of the game. We will pick That's it up suck. again next time. If you if guys you like guys, this segment, drop a one. We can ask more questions. Yeah, if you like this segment, drop a one. Uh, Brohan Solo. And we got a green screen up. Bro, Brohan Solo and I had a fight about green screens today. He, he's, he's resistant to them. He, just, he wants to do everything himself. I'm trying to get him help. I'm trying to get him help to make stuff um, easier in his life, but he wants to do it all. Brohan Solo is only one person, but I think he that likes parties a lot. Is, were you partying all weekend? That's why I didn't hear from you. I thought you died this weekend. Um, all weekend, I was not partying. We don't do parties in COVID. I was, in fact, yeah. mostly just hanging out with family. So little bit busy with oh, that but we, we, bro, I was here on Saturday we should, do, we should do is there a stock market smarter than a fifth grader we should do that we should like make Facebook you were here Saturday I didn't see you I didn't have the live video on see when we make this office like TMZ then we can make the live video stuff on so all right uh, Luke's getting mad at me because I'm not doing my other work that I need to do and um, he's getting mad but hopefully we got a lot of likes and subscribes Definitely. If you like the show we, we, we need to know or should, me, we, should we stop doing? Should we stop um, doing the show, guys? What do you think? Tell yeah, us. you know, you screw know, this show. You, you guys don't need us, right? Um, they don't. Like, I don't know if they're that engaged. They don't. Chat let me let me chat. plug the podcast real quick, um, or you can go and I'll do it. But I just wanted to let the audience know that we are finally we're on Apple Podcasts, so we have two episodes up. Today is going up on there after the show. So if you click the link, I just dropped it in the chat for all you Apple Podcast users. And this is your moment where you can actually leave a review. Spotify didn't let us do that, but it'll really help us out, guys. Leave a three-word review, leave a 50-word review, hop on there, play it in the background, help us grow this show. Um, and yeah, while you're on the go, you can listen to us if you didn't catch it live. Oh, and, and one more thing. On the that? podcast side, isn't the Raz Report in Apple now? Yep, they're both on Apple. Yeah, so I can drop up here. You want me to drop a link to the Raz Report too? Yeah, guys, we leave reviews for the Raz Report. I think we have all our podcasts there. Hopefully, we'll have some more guests on. Um, Aaron Bry is supposed to give me some guests. I'm not sure. Um, you know, maybe I'll do a Tom Nash podcast. But yeah, Aaron, are you, uh, Rohan, are you going to put some of the older podcast? Are you going to put some of the older shows on there now? Yeah, we're going to have to get someone to help me out and figure out which ones we should put up, or if we can do an archive one. Um, like a separate thing that goes back at the, all the old ones, but we can get no, them up same, there, especially the good same, interviews. Same channel, same channel. We'll just have someone upload the old ones, right? We can do that, but then they'll be out of order. Is the problem because we started and then it's gonna like, put the old ones before the new ones. Is that what's gonna happen? 
I mean, as we upload well, it, old ones. That's what I was thinking. Like, if we want to archive one, like before we started like updating them daily, you mean, then you we mean, can. You, you, mean a, you mean a whole new channel? Um, if someone else has a better way of doing it than that, then yeah, I'd love to get no, some input. Just, just put all the old ones on, and even if the new ones are out of order, or just get rid of the new ones and put the old ones on. I don't know. And the, the, let the new ones wait. We need to get the old ones on there. We need to have a history of the show, where it started from. This show is eventually going to be one of the biggest shows in the world. It's in 100,000 daily listeners. We want to have the first shows in the podcast thing. I mean, Aaron, Rohan, you may not have as big, big as vision as our show listeners, but they have a big vision in our show listeners. They want this show to have 100,000 daily listeners. All right, guys, you heard that. If you want to grow the show, drop me an email at rohan at Benzinga. Dot com, especially if you have experience working with podcasting platforms, could really use your help uploading all the old episodes. We have a lot of room in, in our channel on, um, uh, I forgot what the channel is on Slack. There's like four volunteers that do all the stuff. Um, keep them in order so they just keep playing in order for hours. Yeah, there you go. So drop Rohan a thing if you guys can help him with the stuff. And then XII, same, same Raz time, same Raz channel. I don't know what he's talking about, but. Um, maybe I should sell some Peloton today. I got to sell something. I'm way at two on margin, but whatever. It's all good. Have a splendid rest of the day. Hey, can't you hire an intern in India for like $13 a month? You can hire an intern um, in India to put the stuff in. You go on Upwork, Rohan, and put an ad. Help us upload our podcast and stuff. I guarantee Rohan can do it. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, all right, you guys, we're going to figure it out. That's what we got you for. And that's grim, but accurate. I don't know that's grim. No, it's not grim, Emmanuel. The, the cost of living is so much lower. It's so much lower in India. Literally, I have, we have a whole team in India, and we pay, We have a guy that's paid, let's say, 15000 a year, and he's living great, like loving it. So, uh, Ron, I'm just Tom Nash Twitter. Just Tom Nash Twitter, I'll do that for you, okay? If you don't, do you care about my Twitter? Do you follow me on Twitter, Tom Nash? I mean, Ron, I'm um, Tom Nash Twitter. I'll give it to you right now. Make your life easier. You didn't want to Google it, so I'll Google it Aaron for Bride you. Aaron Bryan dropped it in for him. He got it. Aaron Bryan did? Yep. Oh, okay. That was good. Thank you. Um, and then who's moving to Puerto Rico with me? That's what I need to know. I, right? I will move to Puerto Rico <laughs> if you put me there. Gladly. I, I, will put, I will put you there, but we got to get the show. We got to get like a thousand simultaneous listeners, you know, on the show. We got to go. We have to have more shows. We have to have more shows very soon. Like, we got to go. We just have to go, guys. Okay? All right. All right. And uh, appreciate you all. Pat Curran, our, I see you in there. Is who's the, uh, What's going on in the election? What's the election update? Are you still in D.C.? Is, uh, is the inauguration going to happen with Biden? Or is there going to be a change that we need to know about? Pat Curran was in D.C. Um, he... Um, said that there could be some things that'll change before the election. I don't know, but I partly bought BSTO after talking to Pat Kern today. After talking to Pat Kern this weekend. Um, he thinks that there's more surprises before the end results of the election, to be honest. So, I don't know what's what, um, but that's what he thinks, and so I bought some BSTO because of it, what Pat says. Oh, he... Okay, so Pat thinks that Camila uh, wins. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, you guys know who Camelia is, that's the, the vice president. But, uh, or I shouldn't maybe say his last name, he's going to be on the video, I guess. All right. Patrick, what up is the name. That's, that's the name. All right. You guys have a great, great, oh, executive order 138.
3A is in effect regarding foreign election interference. I don't know what that means, but Pat, do you think Biden takes office on January 20th or do you not think he takes office on January 20th? That's the question the users want to know right now. Do you think they take he takes office or no? That's what we want to know at the end of the day, Pat. One for yes, you think he does, two for no. Um, I guess he, all right, we're gonna have to hang up. So we have 15 seconds for Pat. 15, 14, 13, 12, Pat 11, says no. 10. Pat does not believe Biden's taking office. That's what I was telling you, see? Interesting, it will be interesting. Yeah, he, doesn't, he does not think he's taking office, okay? Pretty All right. Oh my God. I'll flip this back. All right. Talk should to you guys later. Thank you. Yep. We should get out of here. And Tom Nash is tweeting away. So thank you, man. All right. All right. Peace right. out. Bye bye. Thank you, guys. We will see you tomorrow you. and uh, drop a review yep. on the podcast. All right. Yeah. And the Raz Report podcast, too. The Raz Rohan. both podcasts. Hop on there. Listen to yeah. it. Drop yeah. a review. And if you drop a review, send a screenshot to my email. All right. Please appreciate it. Love you guys. Love you. Love you guys. See you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.